Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best children's book. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Best children's book. Best children's book. How many times do you have to say it before it appears? Oh, one more, but I'm I'm a mirror right here. I'm ready to go. (laughs) All right. (laughs) For those of you who don't recognize that voice, there's no way that we can talk about children's literature without talking about the man who is about to drop a book for young audiences has just dear this will come out this, this will come, come out, out on the on the 31st this will be the book will be out so this will be out to purchase yes 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 ladies and gentlemen once again back on the show people of the world it's ben acker how are you buddy Woo! great yeah thanks for having me thanks for being now, here before we jump into this topic to go back real... and listen to the quentin tarantino episode <laughs> yes. just that. so you to know really who ben is you. Yeah. Oh, you... Yeah, to, if you're not familiar with his work, this book, Stories to Keep You Alive Despite Vampires, which I hold in my hands, this is an audio podcast, so it means mm-hmm. nothing to you, but I have it and I love it, is the best children's book on the planet that you should yeah, buy. It wins. What we're going to do is I want to talk about it a little bit, and then we're going to put it in an emerald case that floats above all other children's books, and we'll pick from the rest, the other yeah. garbage heap that's So can not you there. do the opening thing again? Second best children's book. <laughs> Talk a little bit about, I mean, I could talk about it because I love it so much, but I want you to talk about it because you wrote it. Just generally talk about it? Yeah, like tell tell us what, like explain to the people who are maybe not aware from the title, which is kind of self-explanatory, stories to keep you alive despite vampires. Tell everybody about it, about the book. Well, Hal and Mark and everybody, stories to keep you alive despite vampires is a collection of short stories that are some parts spooky, some parts funny, some parts... um, both, some parts neither, but it's a collection of campfire stories and ghost stories that um, came about through a combination of luck and preparedness, and it was super exciting to write prose. It was super exciting to write short-form prose, um, and they're, uh, I'm real proud of it. I'm real happy with it. I um, Every time I would get a draft to like edit and send back in, I was like, they shouldn't let me write this thing. <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't let this go out for people. This, it's so like just absolutely me on a page, yes. um, which which is um, considering you know our background together, writing and working on the thrilling adventure hour. Mm-hmm. Thinking that that was some undiluted voice stuff there, even though it was you know with my writing partner. This is even more me. Yeah, which is you know good if you like that sort of thing. I well, I do. I will also like to chime in and say that I too loved this book. I texted you right after I read it that it did feel like a pure distillation of Ben Acker because we spent so long with you and Ben Blacker having created the Thrilling Adventure Hour and we did, you know, a decade's worth of shows. What do you think was because here was a difference that I was very excited about is that now audiences are going to get to read things besides dialogue that you have written because our scripts would frequently be filled with Ben Ackerisms that were buried in stage directions and (laughs) notes within the script. And all that the audience heard was mostly the dialogue. How different is it now that you're crafting stories that have this element as well, that have this third person voice as well? 
It's um, uh, it's challenging. It's because you know the stage directions in that show were few and far between. Mm-hmm. It was mostly sound effects and dialogue, and yeah. to be able to write like the prosy bits in between the filaments and the like, the setting the scene and what is and isn't dialogue. Like it's uh, the good kind of challenging. Yeah. I guess it's, um, and it's also like Blacker and I wrote three, um, Star Wars novels and writing this in short story form, vastly different from that, even. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more like sketch writing. Just because you have to get in fast if you're going to do, uh, if it's a bunch of short stories versus, you know, 250 pages to tell one tale. Yeah, it's very, um, economical in the mm-hmm. way that sketches, and they say, you know, comedy and horror are similar in that, like, their tension and release, and it's the same kind of thing. Like, it's heightening to the highest point and then get out. Like, there were stories in the book that I thought were going to be 40 more pages, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then it was like, oh, no, 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 let's get out here and, like, imply with a sentence what those 40 pages would have had. And that is some of the magic of that book, too. Yeah. It's fun telescoping in and out of stories like that. Yeah. I just love, like, I'm sitting here doing the math because I don't like when other people talk because it means I'm not talking. And we've known each other for... <laughs> you just do math when other people are talking? Sometimes. Yeah. Whatever. Sometimes the song. We've known each other for like 18 years. And when I, in reading this book, I 100% hear your voice in every single word. But also, having performed your writing for 18 years, it feels like, and maybe you felt this way too, Mark, like it's a monologue that was like a series of monologues and stories that was written for me to per- go perform yep. and read. Like just because I know not the shorthand, but like the topography of your writing. Like mm-hmm. I know where everything goes. I can hear it. The, the, yeah. All the, the cadences, the rhythms, like where the little jokes are, what's an aside and what's said straightforward. Mm-hmm. It adds an extra layer of enjoyment. But for someone who has never even heard of the Thrilling Adventure Hour, this is the book that I would have loved to have read when I was like 9, 10, 11 years old. Like, I would not have put this down. It would have been completely worn out and creased because I would have read it multiple times. So it's great to, like, and now I have that book, Mm -hmm. and my friend wrote it. Yeah. And I get to tell everybody about it, and it's just so exciting. Like, it's just, it's it's so good. It's It's, so, so good. It's fantastic, dude. It's also, what's cool about it is that it is, it's cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a cool book for kids. It's not you, like you're, you talk to kids on the level in this book. Mm-hmm. It was surprising how much there wasn't like, hey, will you turn this dial and make it more because for kids or whatever? Like there's no, I, no, I didn't you, get you write much the of that way you at, write and yeah. your writing has always been accessible by any age. Come on, guys. We're, here's the thing, and you can get it. And if you don't yeah. know this word, look it up and like, let's keep going. Yeah, exactly. A hundred. You're a kid. You may not have come across this word yet. Fine, I'll wait. Go look here it up. It this is what books. This is what books are for. Yeah. You know, like when I was a kid, getting read to for at bedtime. If there was a word that I didn't know yet I, that my father was reading, you know, as I'm going to bed, I would raise my hand, mm-hmm. and he would either define it if he had a good definition, at, or at else we'd bed, go to the yes. dictionary. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he he invented the internet and he looked it up, <laughs> and, and that's how your vocabulary grows. And I don't like I'm not super aware of much of that in here, but like mm-hmm. I wasn't gonna like shy away from. I feel like the the guiding like what makes it appropriate for youngs is what you're saying. How is like this is the book I would have wanted. Like the the yeah. amount of spooky I could handle, the amount of like just freaky scary I could handle was mm-hmm. like up to a point. And then past yeah. that point, it was like, I don't want to hear this. I don't want to know this. Yeah. But like at that point, like, yeah, I want this to stay with me forever and kind of freak me out in the dark. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that there are going to be children who read this that will have it help inform and shape their sense of humor, like the humor filter that they use to look at the world. And mm-hmm. so that's another cool thing about the book and another thing that's yeah. like so cool about it is it's really funny and you'll get a lot of it as a child and then as you reread it and revisit it because, oh, it's my favorite book. Like I've gone back to books that I read as a kid and read them again because – I love them so much and they still hold up and you maybe appreciate like another layer and realize, oh, this informed my viewpoint on something or my sense of humor about something. So this feels like a book that can do that. Thanks, dude. As I was going, I was like, I I want this to be a book half remembered. I want this to be a book yeah. where where kids grow up to go, I feel like I remember <laughs> reading this thing, but that couldn't have been a thing because that's not a thing. That's too weird. <laughs> Yeah. But like, I swear to God, I read this thing where this happened. And does anybody else remember this? The internet? (laughs) I had that for scary stories to tell in the bark. It t- scary stories to tell in the dark. Oh, the, the, the dog version knuckle on your snout <laughs> has stuck in my head for some reason. Uh-huh. That one. Yeah. Line. Oh, that's the other thing about this book that is pretty cool. That is uh, tooting someone else's horn. Mm-hmm. Uh, the artist Scott Ooh, yeah. is so good at it. I wanted for this book, like scary stories to tell in the dark, to um, be moderately effective at scarring children in the writing, but the art, the illustrations, to really stick in there forever and mess kids up. Yeah. Yeah. They're What's really cool great. is they have that sort of vintage style to them. Without being a reproduction of the other thing. It's not exactly. a parody. It's yeah. not a spoof. No, 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 no. no. I'm not talking thing. about even scary yeah. stories. I'm talking about they hearken back to like that sort of high contrast style mm. going back to, you know, the illustrated classics books. You yeah. Know I mean? There's a story in the book about a spooky phone. That's exactly the image I was going to mention because it it's, looks like a drawing from the 50s. Yeah. But all of the contrast of light is someone holding a phone mm-hmm. while yeah. in the dark in their bedroom. And it is yeah. a freaky image. It's really cool. Yeah, it's really oh, good. The book is great, so man. Good. We're, we're Thanks. both yeah. huge. You know, we're, we're obviously friends and, uh, look, this is the best podcast I've ever been on. Keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is, we're, this book is fantastic and I hope everybody reads it. And your audience is smart. And mm-hmm. your audience that is already smart is just going to get younger, but will be still equally smart. I, I keep saying this is for um, the weird kid. Yeah. And the Halloween adult. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, I like, like that. there's the, the people there. It's a, it's a specific group of people and I love them. And yeah. like they're, they're the gaming heads. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the, they're the Tim Burton fans. Sure. You know, like, but they're head and shoulders above it. They're the Halloween adults. They're the ones that look forward to it all year round. Oh yeah. I'm like, that's their Halloween is their Christmas. This is my Valentine to Halloween adults. <laughs> Your Valentine to people for whom Halloween is Christmas. That's right. Well, what an Easter miracle. Should we talk about some other great children's books? Because you're not Why the first we? you're not the first children's <laughs> book author. I am alphabetically. <laughs> That's true. That's fair. Uh not by first name, though. That would be A. A. Milne. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you got me again, Milne. <laughs> Dang it, Milne. <laughs> I'll cut us in your pie. Right. There hasn't <laughs> the been a uh, there hasn't been an author yet who changed their last name to Aardvark just so they would be the first listing in the library. <laughs> Aardvark what, what were the, Aronson. Did you guys have Aardvark businesses in your respective hometowns? There was in Knoxville, there were a couple of businesses yeah. that like so you would open the phone book and you'd be like, Well, I need a plumber, and it's like Aardvark plumbing. Yeah. 
or like triple right. A carpentry. It's yeah. The, yeah. Whoever the has only reason like it's three A's yeah. is because they want to be first. The extra A is for savings. That's right. <laughs> if you need help with your taxes, come to accounting <laughs> over on Main Street. Uh, 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 accounting. Yeah. How's, how's this for Halloween adults? <laughs> I also, all of my businesses are for Halloween adults and weird kids. There are like a billion different children's books. Yeah. I went and, and compiled a list of ones that I felt like were notable and impactful and just sort of well-written. Some of them are more recent. Some of them have kind of persevered. Mm-hmm. How do you, Mark, you're always the organizational person. How do you want to yeah. attack this? Well, I was thinking about this earlier. I think there are, and Ben, you now knowing a little more about the publishing world, I don't know if there are specific categories that that is broken into, but it seems to me like there are three main categories that we can look at here. I'm not saying we necessarily have to pull one from each and then, uh, you know, have them duke it out at the end, but I think we can break it down into these categories and that would be sort of early development board books and the first books that you get. Mm-hmm. And then, like baby books, sure, like the uh, Hungry Caterpillar and that uh, the monster at the so end of this book. The monster oh, starving. He ate the monster the at the end book. of this book. The monster at the end of this book is for way more advanced audiences. That's true. Than the yes. Hungry Caterpiller. <laughs> it is. No offense, Eric Carl. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> the lace. All of a shalom, Carl. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah. We miss you. Good and night your whole to bunch. you. Good night to you, Moon. You, <laughs> Eric Carl. <laughs> and then I would say that there are the picture books. You know, early yeah. young kid picture books. And then as all kids, or I, I'm assuming we did, get excited when they finally graduated to chapter books. And there are chapter books for kids as well that I think are, there's some great ones of those that are on this. I'll tell you, th- this book yeah. is my book and the Star Wars books we wrote mm-hmm. have a classification that when, is- when I first heard it, I was uh, deeply offended. Oh, because they are was, called, is it you know, terrible books? No, it, effectively, it's damned with faint praise version of that. We, they were, they were like the, f- the, the following, uh, middle grade book is coming out. And I was Uh-oh. like, middle grade, like, we worked really hard on that. Like, <laughs> we think it's top notch. <laughs> what, how are like, you like, and how are you advertising? Like, you're the people advertising for this book. Why are you calling it middle grade? Like, it should be. Yeah. Top grade. It's school based. The USDA isn't classifying these books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's it turns a out that prime book, the middle grade, as distinct from young adult. Yeah, sixth, seventh, eighth, right? Sure, be middle grade. I've assumed. Yeah. It, I assume it correlates to middle school. Ish. It yeah, it's. The, I, I think yeah. that's true. Which all that is, I don't know how much you want to get into this, but that's. It seems also that that's for the gatekeepers more than for the audience. Like this yeah. is yeah. Fifth, fifth grade is is fifth, sixth, seventh. Is more well, than sixth, seventh, eighth. But by fifth grade, like, weren't you sneaking Stephen King books? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right? If you ever like read that, you like read, you read to your level. Like if you love reading, mm-hmm. at a certain point, you exo- like the best example I can come up with is when I was a kid, I loved Greek mythology. I went through like a phase mm-hmm. when I was like 11. I read mm-hmm. every single book on Greek mythology in our school library. Then every single book on Greek mythology in the kids section of the library. And then I went to the adult section. Then you went to I regionals. Went books. Yeah. <laughs> I went to regionals all the Hit way to state. To state, made it to national finals in mythology. Yeah. And I killed a Pegasus and now <laughs> I can't compete anymore. It wasn't my fault. Well, you also turned that judge Whoa. to stone. Well, it was. That was my fault. Hubris, how? It was. Yeah. It was hubris. Mm hmm. I do understand, though, classifying them like that. You mentioned it's for the gatekeepers, but I, as an uncle, go to mm. the store for birthdays and. You're a gatekeeper. 
And I, I'm as yes. No, I'll go to, and I'll be like, I'll go, okay. Uh, I need to know age appropriate wise for mm-hmm. nieces and nephews. Like, okay, they're turning nine. Well, I, I don't know which books are good for a nine year old or which right. uh, toys even, but books more so because that is, you know, even more developmentally based, I think. So mm-hmm. I understand there being those things. Oh, but sure. Yeah. It makes sense, yeah. but. And it did um, feel it just kind was of fun a weird. to go. Uh, the best thing I've heard about it, I, there's a, um, a writer named, uh, Shannon Hale, who I met at one of these book conferences who mm-hmm. has written all sorts of things. She's written just like if she's already written this kind of book, she wants to write the next kind of book. She just wants yeah. to do all the things. But she said that middle grade books are her favorite, uh, because there's a chance that someone who grows up to love reading, your book was the first book that they loved. Yeah. Because that's, that's the age right. where you like land in it. And I always thought that was you pick a favorite profound and yeah. wonderful. Like that's when you start to notice mm-hmm. like books having an impact on you. Did and, you think about that a lot when you were writing it? I thought about it somewhat when I was writing it. Like mm-hmm. there's with great power comes great, whatever. Right. But like, um, but yeah, part of, I, I don't know. There were part of the terms and conditions of like getting into this book was um, to try and like, make sure that there's no jokes that only adults will get. Right. And I'm, I'm probably like 80%. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Halloween adults and, and the weird kid. They'll That's get right. it. Yeah. That's they'll right. get it. Yeah. Well, so then how do you want to attack? I, I was sitting there um, doing more map. Now I, when you mentioned <laughs> chapter books, I was like, I don't think I have a lot of chapter books on here. And then I realized I have an immense number of chapter books. Oh, on sure. Here. There's a I lot don't of, think of it, I, but I like, I loved reading so much again. Like mm-hmm. my mother turned me on to Beverly Cleary when I was like six or seven. And then I Don't. wrote everything that yeah. she wrote. Yeah. Like, Oh yeah. I mean, Henry and Ribsy my, were like, that was, that was the childhood I wanted. We've my dog mid- is my, my dog is my dog because he looks like Ribsy. He does look that's great. Uh, remarkably like Ribsy. <laughs> and there were the covers of those Henry and Ribsy books mm-hmm. that were this knockoff Norman Rockwell. Yes. Like like a Czechoslovakian Norman Rockwell. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's right. I think I looked it up and found like, oh, he's not that's no. not Norman Rockwell. No. <laughs> it's Normanchis Rockwellski. <laughs> yeah. It says Norman Rockwell, but there's just like slashes and umlauts and things <laughs> over think, all the letters. Do you think whoever's the Norman Rockwell in another country, it's like the Flintstones, like they have the same name, but just in whatever. Norman Rock Rock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Norman Rock Rock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. They were so good. The book, the, the, one of the books I have on, on my list is Henry in the Clubhouse, which I think was the mm-hmm. third of the Henry and Ribsy books and is the best of them. Like the, the copy I have of it is almost turned into dust because I read it so much. Like that was just impactful. Like the whole thing is sort of like the most whitewashed version of the fifties and sixties you can imagine where it's like, Oh, shucks. And yeah, you discover this dog and the dog becomes your best friend. And that was, I like, I wanted a dog to be my best friend. Like I wanted a dog to be my dog and mm. all through childhood, every dog was my mother's dog. I was like, don't you want to come sleep in here? And the dog was like, buzz off. Because <laughs> your dog was also those... from the 50s. Yeah. Like that kid. Hey, buzz <laughs> off, kid. Stop reading that garbage. Yeah. Did your Stop dog tell you to scram? Yeah. <laughs> Amscray, lovely. <laughs> Make like a birthday candle and blow. <laughs> yeah, the dog stole my, my carton of milk at lunch. Damn dog. But yeah, that was just a big one for me. I don't think it's the best one, but like really important landmark book. 
I think that what you said, uh, one thing you said, Ben, that I love that notion that, that there is a first book that is the one that makes you love reading. And weirdly for me, it was mine goes back before uh, middle grade books to uh, mine personally is the monster at the end of this book, because that introduced me to the idea that a book can be active and like that art and comedy can be participatory in that way. Mm. So that was a that was just my personal favorite. I guess it didn't give it didn't. It's not just your personal favorite. It instilled it, in me a love of comedy and it's cl- yeah. it's classic. It's on it's that absolutely list for sure. Classic, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So let's. Why don't we start? Uh, why don't we all agree that Monster at the end of this book is golden? Put it up on the wall. I mean, Monster at the end of this yeah. book. I am ready to put that one on the Mount Rushmore, uh, and then chisel three of the faces off of it uh, until mm. we have one ultimate winner. But oh, okay. you're you're doing there can be only one. You're not doing Rushmore's now. No, no, no. We're doing. We're, we've always been that there can be only one. Yeah, that's that was season two is Rushmore's. Yeah, season two we're going to do all Rushmore's, but we're going to. You're gonna talk- still in season one. Yeah, yeah. This is season. How one, long dude. is your season? One million episodes. episodes. Look, we're actors. You, we're not good at contracts. Yeah. We've got eight the, more episodes you, in season one. Yeah. You, your your thing is. Season one needs to be 10 times syndication numbers. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and then once we hit that golden <laughs> yeah. number, we oh. go to season two. Yeah. If you even 400 then, episodes. And then, yeah, 400 more, then a hiatus. Then we take yeah. a two-week break. Exactly. <laughs> we come back. There We're aren't back that many it. things, you guys. Once I we hit 1,200 episodes, then we do the movie. That's ah, I'm excited. Oh, sure, twelve hundred in a movie. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah, you've heard that phrase. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to just? I'll throw out a couple of different versions of this. Sure. We can either just start rattling them off and throwing out ones that we want to add to the pot as contenders, or we can start chronologically and we can look at board books first and what makes a great board book and what you know what they're trying to do and find the best examples of those then move into storybooks and then move into chapter books what do you guys think i'm going to be terrible at the second one i can tell you that which is I the second one that's the board books then these books and that i'd rather just go are just, you going to write these down mark because yeah i'll put them in the chat or just put them on a let just write them like in a in a little doc for yourself oh i'll don't write yell, them on i'll write them on, a piece on the of, internet i'll write them on a piece of paper fine yeah, start your own listen book. To that listen to yeah. my internet <laughs> when we were children, we wrote yeah, things on paper. That's right. And our dogs bullied us. All right. So are we going round robin style then? This is fun. We, I don't think we do this very often. Yeah. Let's All go right. round, round robin style. You know then. what? We already started talking about it. I'm going to go yep. first. Oh, go ahead. And I'm going to say oh, the monster at the end of this book. Yeah. Well, we already talked about it. And I wanted to be the one to put it on the list. Sure. I, I also did. Oh, then Ben, do you want to put the monster at the end of this? No, book? I had no, no, no. You got it. I had a whole like, I was, I was like, I have three books I will champion, yeah. and then mm. as, as runners up to mine. But we opened with, so it's all. So now it's all just out the window. Whatever you guys want to do. Yeah, I mean, it's Grover. We all love Grover. It's mm-hmm. really, really clever. It's really smart. Like almost everything that is that involves Muppets in some ways in Sesame Street. Like there, there are layers to what they do that like. Maybe a lot of people don't catch when they're very, very young, yeah. but this book is probably a really good distilled version of how clever they are, and it's really well illustrated. Speaking of like, distilled Grover's versions. Great. Grover's all of us. We're all Grover, right? Grover is like the yeah. representation of who we are. Um, speaking of way, distilled versions, for those who don't know this book, can one of you oh give a one-sentence description of what the monster at the end of this book is? Grover, a little Jewish Muppet. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> is trying to prevent the reader from turning the page because as he says on page one, there is a monster at the end of this book. And the closer you get, the more pages you turn, the closer you get to the monster at the end of the book. And he puts all sorts of obstacles in your way to turning the page. And oh, every I did time you point, turn a page, it, the obstacle. It should be pointed out yeah. that yeah. Grover is a monster. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, I mean it's a it is a it's a perfect children's book. There's even mm-hmm. a there's a new ebook version out that is pretty fun, but is not to me the tactile magic of the original. But it is fun because there are now animations when you swipe to turn the page of sure. the bricks crumbling or the wood that he has hammered up falling apart. But there's nothing like that original version. He's Have you so seen I've seen a I saw a ringer tee that I love. It was a ringer teeth of the, you turned the page. <laughs> I was very, very excited to see it. You know what's, what's uh, particularly appropriate for the three of us to love this book mm. is yeah. that it is 1,000% character voice. Like it's all point of view. It's all Grover talking to the audience. It's all, there's yeah. no, right? I, as I remember, there's no narrator. Yeah. There's no. just, it's just Grover in as, you know, Grover in it up. Couldn't yeah, be yeah. more imploring you to stop. And yes, it's such I mean, a there's direct, nobody else for him to talk to. Yeah, it's a direct ask. There's no third person narrator. This book is Grover talking to me, asking me to do something. And by continuing this book, I'm doing the opposite of what Grover wants me like, to this do. Is and he work. is losing his mind. Right? Like this yeah. is exactly like character as comedy. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. like and the obstacle is you, the reader. Yeah. <laughs> it's to the hero's uh, journey. Like there's so much <laughs> It's got a great lesson in it too, which is, which is Don't overcoming fear. Don't listen to monsters. Number one. Don't listen, yeah. to, monsters. Don't listen yeah. to Jewish people. That's what they're trying yeah. to say. There was coding messages the, against the, us for there so was, long. There was this great TikTok that was this guy going, here's my theory. All blue Muppets are Jewish. Mm-hmm. And then he like yep. supported it and showed I like, seen this I think TikTok. Grover is the star of Shalom Sesame or whatever. Yeah. And like Harry Monster, I mean, so it is just obvious, but like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like it's, it's, really... it's a lesson, you know, you're helping Grover overcome his fear. And then you're learning that the way you build things up, it's never mm. as bad as you build it up to be. So instead of mm-hmm. like, it's better to just do something and overcome your fear. And that's a great lesson for a kid to learn. Yeah. Ben, what do you want to throw out there? Sidwick the moose. No, oh. it was a uh, Dr. Seuss book that resonated more than the rest. Uh, it was a, about this moose who's going to the... Have you guys read it? Are you familiar? No, I'm not familiar with it. No, I'm not. But this I love moose, it. his name is Thidwick. Mm-hmm. I think it's a family name or something. And he's um, going from one end of the forest to the other. And as he goes, he keeps encountering animals who are like, hey, can I hitch a ride in your antlers? Because you got plenty of antler, man. And like, I'm going that way, but I'm too lazy to walk. And he's like, yeah, I guess, hop up. And it's, you know, it's an exaggeration of animals until finally he's like absolutely encumbered, but persevering in that Susian, you know, Horton kind of self-martyring kind of way. Uh, and then the reveal, they're like, like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, wh- what's on, on your, your agenda? Why are you crossing the forest? And he's like, yeah, and I'm uh, molting my antlers. So he gets where he's going and just drops their ungrateful asses in the middle of the forest and takes, <laughs> a, takes off. Uh, and that's it. Like, you guys figure out your own way. Your own way back. What drew you to this book? 
It I don't know. It was. It felt like. I mean, it was. It was all the good of Dr. Seuss, but it felt like um, uh, more of a filling story than a hop on pop or a like. I love. A, don't get me wrong. I love a fox and socks. Sure, uh-huh. but like those are more those, just to teach you words. Those exist for rhymes, right? Yeah. yeah this yeah. one was like, here's here's a, a tale to the crypt ending <laughs> for, these, <laughs> yeah. for these animals, these greedy animals. Uh, it was it was like um as I think about it now, like a response to the giving tree. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yeah. that's really. But I would love to uh, read those back to back. Yeah. Give and give and give and give. And then, and then hey, uh, wait a minute. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. Good luck, everybody, taking advantage. Which I don't uh, even know. Now that I say it out loud, like, do mooses, do moose molt their antlers? Like, that seems improbable so. to me. I think they do. All right. Well, don't then most it was a good science. I, yeah, I think so. Do the whole, that, does the whole thing fall off and then they grow new ones? I don't know. Or is it the layer, the layer of uh, snake skin on the outside? They just... Well, I know Slither the velvet, out of that. Like when they're young, they have that velvet, right? Yeah. 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 But and then when they get at a certain point, the antlers just go and then they regrow in a new configuration. You get mm-hmm. new antlers. Is that true? Or are you making it up? Does it matter? I mean, I guess for purposes that? of, for purposes of books. Um, yeah. yeah this is, that's this a middle is grade a, this question, not, Ben. This is not a news yeah. podcast. This is a parody podcast. This yeah. Humor please. Podcast. As far as anybody knows, I'm right. I, mm-hmm. Our our listeners are way smarter than me. Though. I'm sure they've already corrected me well before the episode many, many times out. They just know. Oh, um, Kate McManus I, is a librarian. She's got to be screaming right now, or yeah. will be for the rest of the. That's thing. not like, what, what Finwick's about. about. Yeah, <laughs> there's no moose in Finwick. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna throw one out before we take a break. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a classic book, and it captures a very specific feeling for me, which is that feeling of growing up in an urban area and it's snowing and having that experience the first time. And that's Ezra Jack Keats, the snowy day, which yeah. is notable, not only because it's a really cool book, but it also was like an early depiction of a black child in mm-hmm. the city. And there are maybe some things in it that don't hold up in 2022, but the fact that, that, that normalized, it's not all just white children in yeah. books for kids, white is, suburban is children, deal. but here's even, me living in the city. Even more than that, that feeling of like your first snowfall, especially mm-hmm. in, I think the book takes place in New York is like, it's just how it changes the landscape around you. Like all of a sudden you're in a brand new world and it's all the same stuff just covered in snow. I think is a really cool book and it captures that feeling. And that's a, that's like a strong, that feels like a core memory for most kids. Like the first time, if you're somewhere where it snows, you remember the first time. You were aware of it snowing. You were out in the snow and yeah. how cool that was. Yeah. Snowy day is great. There's a, you can now also watch the movie they made 2016. There's a movie. There's uh like, it's, it's, I mean, it's one of those ones that's ubiquitous and uh all over and you know, the imagery of it. Also, it's just a, the art in that book is beautiful. It is. You know what I mean? It's got that sort of, it's got that style of almost like Mary Blair art where there are no line. It's not line drawings and filled in. It's just giant blocks of color. And I think that's going to be a big part of these books too, is the artwork within them. As you were talking about before, Ben having uh, what a big part of your book, the artwork is and what it's trying to evoke and create. And there is like, there's the simplicity of your first snowfall and these inside a city, which is a pretty complicated backdrop. Mm-hmm. It's still, you know, block shapes and 
you know, really accessible, you know, accessible and simple and just beautiful. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we will round robin some more of these books. We'll see if we can narrow it down to some finalists, see if anybody can kick Grover off of uh, Mount Rushmore. And, uh, and in the meantime, let's hear about some of the other excellent podcasts on the Maximum Fun Network, as well as some of the sponsors that help us bring We Got This with Mark and Hal to you every week. We'll be right back. Kicking Grover off Mount Rushmore makes me wish there was a Muppet North by Northwest. <laughs> <laughs> This episode of We Got This with Mark and Hal is brought to you in part by Trade Coffee. And I don't want to get like too deep or sentimental here, but self-care is important. We all have these little moments in the day that we make just for ourselves. And you should do that. You should maximize that time. And that means you shouldn't start with some mediocre grocery store coffee. You deserve to start your day with the best coffee that you can make at home. And that's what Trade Coffee provides. Mark You've yeah. been trying different types of coffee that you've gotten from Trade. What do you have now? I'm excited to find out. Well, currently, the coffee that I have from Trade is Panther. Ooh. Yeah. Panther Mejor, which I believe means the best Panther. It is from Colombia. And here's the thing that I, I, in particular about this coffee that I love, like I've, I've loved all the coffees that they've sent to me. I actually went through and I switched my desired coffee profile from, I believe it was uh, like robust and fruity to something a little smoother. So I was like, let's see what they send me when I want something a little smoother. And I got Panther and I love it. You know what I love, Hal? Cherries mm. and chocolate. You know what flavors I love getting hints of in my coffee? cherries and chocolate and it's uh yeah it's great i love it i can't say enough great things about trade coffee i'm having a good time do you find that over time because you've been doing this for a while now that it's sort of changing your relationship with coffee and what you're looking for like your palate is getting a little bit more refined it is because i'm so used to drinking like you mentioned before just you know whatever coffee was around come on man we came up in the theater we've had some burnt garbage coffee backstage so when we get a really nice cup of coffee and where i can actually think about things like oh do i want to go uh light and fruity or do i want to go uh mellow and silky this week those aren't things i ever thought about before it was always just is this hot and can i get back on stage quickly so it's nice to get a little self-care in there and actually have a really nice cup of coffee the best part is that you can shop their most popular coffees by roast or flavor profile, or you can take their coffee quiz and get expertly matched with coffees that you'll love. Like you can either know what you want going in and that's great, or you can work with them to figure out what you want and what you like the best. Yeah, I was that's a quiz guy. Great. I loved the quiz, but I'm an online quiz fan anyway. You don't even drink coffee, but you should take every online quiz that you can. Come on, look, people of the world, don't you just want to do this for the online quiz element right. of it? Which coffee are you? I want to know what coffee I am. And yeah. the best part is, when you try Trade Coffee, you've got nothing to lose because Trade guarantees you will love your first bag. And if not, they'll work with you to replace it for free. The goal is for you to find the coffee that's perfect for you that you're going to love. Yeah, you know what, Hal, while you were doing that last little bit, I actually went online and I, I looked up and I found out what coffee you are. It turns out... Hmm, you are El Mejor Panther. I knew it. I knew the pet. Show them that you're a panther. <laughs> Listen, if you want to support small businesses and brew the best cup of coffee you've ever made at home, it's time to try Trade Coffee right now. Trade is offering our listeners a total of $30 off your first order, plus free shipping at drinktrade.com slash we got this. That's drinktrade.com slash we got this for $30 off of your subscription to the best coffees in the country. 
So enjoy, and I hope you're drinking a trade coffee as you listen to the rest of this episode of We Got This with Mark and Al. All my Disney parents are Ursula and the Tramp. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> This week, Greatest Discovery becomes Greatest Trek. That's because Greatest Trek is for way more than just Discovery. We renamed our hit show that's on Maximum Fun, covering all the new Star Trek shows. Lower Decks, Strange New Worlds, Picard, Prodigy, Discovery, and any other new Star Trek show Paramount throws at us. Come find out why we're the most important Star Trek podcast on the internet with our funny, informative recaps of all the new Star Trek shows that Paramount keeps churning out. Subscribe to Greatest Trek. It's a new Star Trek podcast from the makers of The Greatest Generation. Hey there. It's Annabelle Gerwich. And I'm Laura House. We host Tiny Victories, the 15-minute podcast that's about the little things. Getting into the tiny victory frame of mind is about recognizing minor accomplishments and fleeting joys. Isn't it a wonderful day when the first password you try actually works? When it's freezing cold outside and toasty as all get out in my shower, my tiny victory is that I turn off the water and get on with my day. We can't change this big dumb world, but we can celebrate the tiny wins. So join us on Maximum Fun or wherever you listen to podcasts. Let's get tiny! And we are back. Let's talk about some more children's books. Guys, we got a lot of children's books to get through. There's some really, really great classics out there. Mm. So let's keep this going. Who's uh, Am I next? You're next. All right. Wait, 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 before you go, yeah. Mm-hmm. how many more rounds, Robin, are we going to do? I don't know. We're going to have, I think, I mean, I've got a list of. You, you want to rattle off well a now. small, like, do you want to do like boom, boom, boom? Or do you want, I'm not, it's your show. I'm just right. saying, I don't know how many. How what, do you, do? what? How many do you have on your list? And do you want to just start rattling off your list and we'll start talking about the ones that we really want to pull and mention? I think I have 25 or 30 on my list. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, ben okay. has three. That's ben has three. Three. I know. I burned through because one Two of them was of them. Grover and yeah. the other one was Thidwick. Like, I can I can tell you that, like, yeah, Winnie, the, Winnie the Pooh's Winnie the Pooh. No, I'm, I'm going to save the third one because it's my big closer. Oh, but, uh, but, uh, but, you know, your Winnie the Pooh's great. Your, your Peter Pan is great. Like, your. Yeah, these are. I'm going to rattle off some classics, yeah, some old your, your, 20th century and, and right. more modern classics. Mm-hmm. And tell me if there are any of these that jump out to you. We've got for the younger crowd, the very hungry caterpillar, the giving tree. Corduroy, mm-hmm. Good Night Moon, getting a little older, where the, I guess Corduroy's for a little older, where the wild things are. Madeline, yeah. The Velveteen Rabbit. Yeah. Sulway, the Lupita Nyongo book, uh, Light in the Attic and Where the Sidewalk Ends from Shel Silverstein. Right. Great. Any of the Ramona books and, uh, Age Eight Only. What's that? Age Eight Only. Age Eight Only. Ramona could be age, age Eight Only. Pretty perfect. The Phantom Tollbooth. Yep. I have that on my list. Yeah, the uh, a wrinkle in time holes. Yep. A wrinkle in time holes. A wrinkle in time. Time hole. <laughs> Activating time hole. And I've I don't done know that guys... in a long time. It's been a couple of years. Wow, Do I William still have Daniel, it? pal, you've still got trick it. Clo- Hello, is Trick Clock there? Is Trick Clock? <laughs> Can I speak to Trick Clock? Trick Trick Clock. If if heaven exists and God is real, what would you like to hear him say when you walk <laughs> through the pearly gates? Activating when? bliss hole. <laughs> uh. And Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. 
was the last one that I wanted to mention. Okay. that. What about something like uh, something that kids frequently read, but is not necessarily a children's book? I'm thinking of things Ulysses. like I'm thinking of things like, yes, you uh, Edith Hamilton's mythology. Les mm-hmm. Estrada. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Fifty Shades of Grey. Titus Andromachus. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of um, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Or the Hobbit. I think that's a children's. I think that I I have both of those. I think those are both uh children's books. And I'm going to throw out this. What about Peter Pan? Because Peter Pan was a play initially, not a book. True. I mean, Peter Pan is kind of perfect, but I don't know if it fits in children's books. Now, the Wizard of Oz series. How do we do this without mentioning the Wizard of Oz series as well? You know. We yeah, almost did. Are we? Alice in Wonderland. Who said that yet? Yeah, yeah. I haven't said Alice in Wonderland yet. And these have are. I said, mean, these are. Have we said the Velveteen Rabbit? I did. Yeah, we said the. Rabbit. And I okay, did a little good. cheer for that one. That one was great. Velveteen yes. Rabbit was great. It was. It, it felt important. It felt like you learned something. It was, it was a resonating book. Yeah. Like having to make a sacrifice as a child. Yeah. You know. I mean, the- like. For scarlet fever and burning, like there's dark stuff in the Velveteen Rabbit. It's intense. Yes, it is. What do you think is? Do you guys know if like this might be too big a question? Mm. Is there a most important lesson that a book can teach a kid? I think the lesson is taught at. The, you hope that your child learns each lesson at the time that they're supposed to learn it. So there is no yeah. most important. I mean, there are yeah, fundamental like treat other people with respect, be kind. Yeah. Be polite. Find the times to be impolite and be polite then. Mm-hmm. Like there are so many different lessons. I think Don't that's trust just the Don't trust monsters. I'll tell you, there was I was I was writing mine, not to, you know, get back to the thing, but like mm-hmm. that was one of the things that made me happy to be writing a book directed at kids is there's a lesson in it. Mm-hmm. And I don't th- and I don't think I'm ex- I'm explicit about it in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know, I've talked about it on a couple of podcasts. I don't know how, like, if it's cooler to, like, let it be discovered and people find it, or if it's like, that's a podcast is you just talk about the thing. So I, like, <laughs> I'm a little loath to go, a, a cool thing that I found along the way in mine, yeah. like, it was kind of unintentional until I saw it and was like, oh no, now, now it's on purpose. And so I can do a draft that's like, there are a handful of stories that are, um, campfire tales. Like a counselor at a campfire telling a yeah. story to children that yeah. then pull out to reveal another counselor having told that story. I love that I, element. And there's mm-hmm. like, and the whole frame of the thing is a guy telling stories to avoid being eaten by vampires, right? Mm-hmm. But there's an ulterior motive to that too. And like, I'm writing this thing going, if I can teach kids even subliminally to question who's telling them what and why. That's noble. Like that's something important. Yeah. Yeah. You did a thing that I love too in the book where you would tell a ghost story and the lesson of the ghost story would then be something purely practical for the camp's sake. Those were some of my <laughs> oh, favorite sure. moments in it when but, it was like, the, and the, the moral of equipment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Make sure you put the canoe equipment back in the shed. That's the moral of the story. Yeah. Like I love I mean, that. It's a fun detail yep. that keeps happening in the book too. That's a lot of fun. But that's, I mean, that's it. That's who's like, what's, that's the waterfront counselors telling a ghost story. And so like, mm-hmm. this is the purpose of, you know, like start, start to read with that eye, start to, you know, in yeah. the world where it feels like that's a lesson. When you talk about lessons, one that I think is really important for kids that 
maybe maybe even if they're told it doesn't always take, I can say that from personal experience, which is to feel like you're enough and to not be, you know, not that you shouldn't grow and improve, but like realize you're enough at any given time. And that's, yeah. you already mentioned the, the book briefly, and I recently bought it as a gift for a child because I, I, as soon as I looked at it, I was like, oh, I remember this. I have the experience of reading it and I remember the story, which is corduroy. Mm-hmm. About a bear who's passed up because he's missing a button. He yeah. spends all night looking for it because if he doesn't have the button, then no one will take him home because he's imperfect. And then the child returns the next day to buy him anyway, even though the mother was was horrendously unkind. Yeah. <laughs> but it is that but it's, Yeah, this gross bear that's missing a button. Ugh. What else Except, is wrong with him? Why don't you just buy a pile of vomit? Why don't you just buy this used velveteen rabbit? <laughs> it's got fresh scarlet fever on the whiskers for you. <laughs> New velveteen rabbit, barely used, but like used just enough. But yeah, uh, for sale, velveteen rabbit used that's once. Right. Yeah, that's right. There it is. Um, but cut yeah, I love my, cut out my riff. Yeah, <laughs> Let's go right to that. I, I love straight to the Hemingway. I love Corduroy as a story and I love the animation of it. And it has like a very, like, I have a very visceral memory tied to it, which to me is like the sign of, oh, that was a good book that even if I hadn't thought about it in a while, when I saw it, it flashed back. Is it the same lesson as Pippin? Think about your life. Like you've got magic to do. Mm. Isn't the lesson of Pippin? Don't try and be special. It's not worth it. I haven't seen it in a while, but that's what stood out to me is like, eh, it seems like a real pain to go into show business. So, so I mean, it's not wrong. They're not wrong. So probably don't. So probably don't. (laughs) You mentioned, uh, you you met when you mentioned corduroy and like the whole be comfortable in your skin. That's Sulway. The speaking of like modern books, that's Lupita Nyongo's book. Vashti Harrison is the illustrator for it. And that literally is about being comfortable in yours, in the skin that you were born in. And that's another new classic. I mean, it helps that it was written by a movie star, but it's which a lot of movie stars do. Now, there's a lot of great movie stars writing books. BJ Novak has uh, the book with no pictures, which is another Mm -hmm. great. uh, It's like the white rabbit, red rabbit of children's books. Like, okay, parents read this and you have to do what this book says because there's no pictures in it. and You have to keep your kid entertained. For this bedtime story. But Sulway is, it's also beautifully, beautifully drawn. The art in it is, it almost looks like a Pixar, like one of the Pixar shorts. You know what I mean? It's, it's that very specific style. And speaking Mm -hmm. of great visual art in books, I know I mentioned it and Ben, I know we've, you've got a history with this story is where the the wild things are. 20 bucks. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I love it. It's, yeah. it's, that's all time. Well, where uh, the wild yeah. things are is one of the all timers. And the art in that is so, it's, oh, it's, it's its own thing. I've never seen anything like yeah. the art that's in it's, that. It's specific. Mm-hmm. Really, really, really specific. send back in. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys ever see his nutcracker? We've talked about this on the show too, Hal, I think in our Christmas episodes. Maurice Sendak has a version of the nutcracker ballet that was filmed out of the, based out of the Seattle ballet where he did all of the sets and all of the costumes for it. Wow. And it is gorgeous. But we're talking about where the wild things are. What's the, what's the, the story n- of where the wild things are, though? Oh, a kid has a temper tantrum, goes yep. to a land of <laughs> monsters. And Wait, then his temper you, tantrum's over. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're not asking like what happens and where the wild things are. No, no, no. I'm not asking what happens. I'm asking like, what are we? I think a big part of this, what makes the best children's book is going to be teaching something hard to a kid, right? That's why we potentially, these are elements that we have to look at in this. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, there is like every kid who's lost their temper, every kid who threatened to run away. Like you go and you do that and at a certain point, you learn to process your anger mm-hmm. and your feelings a little bit differently. Like maybe not perfectly, but there is that idea of like, well, I maybe need to learn to deal with this a little better. Like I shouldn't, yeah. I don't need to go to a land of monsters. Like that isn't where I belong necessarily, but it is a great idea of like this child throwing a temper tantrum and then being the worst monster of all the monsters and, and becoming their king. But like, mm-hmm. but also like it's, but it's also like a trip. Like it's also mm-hmm. like a crazy trip because, like, he does all the things with those monsters, but he comes home and his meal's still warm. You know? Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Like, it goes through no head, time at all like, past. Yeah, yeah. We're getting that. Like, this is Metaphor. what it's like to process these feelings. This is what's good. What goes on in your head? Like you, what, like I remember being a kid and being upset, and I don't even remember what it was. So I'm sure something dumb. I wanted to run away, and I was putting stuff in a pillowcase. And my, my parents' way of dealing it was like, with, with it was like, well, you're going to need to pack these things and mm-hmm. you're going to have to go here if you're doing it. So it wasn't like, you're staying here. And I got to like the curb and that was where I realized like, oh, this is not, I need to be at home. I'm I mad. need to activate this ATM yeah. card. Yeah. I, can, I, I haven't to... even done this. I don't have a phone. I don't have a quarter to put in a pay phone. If I'm going <laughs> to go back in there, all my stuff is there. Uh... I didn't take my Star Wars toys there in the basement. So I oh, might as well stay, but like, was it so like, humiliating to go back? It was really tough. <sighs> we but didn't did, talk. Did for you, like did you not years. expect for them? <laughs> you didn't expect they would take you back in, but they did. Yeah. I was like, Oh, maybe this is uh, too much. <laughs> it's not like another family touched yeah. you and they had to like get you out of the nest. <laughs> no, no, got close, but I ran out. I ran away. I knew I knew How- it would be bad. I love, this is why we've done almost 400 episodes together. I love that you and I have a very similar, I'm going to run away and get as far as the corner story. Mine was, I made myself a bindle, like a proper actual bindle with a stick (laughs) and a bandana. And the only things I put in it were a cheese sandwich and a deck of cards. And I ran away. Who are you, Curly Sue? (laughs) Yeah. I liked having, I always liked to have a deck of cards around when I was a kid. Deck of cards? Yeah. I bet with a deck of cards, young Mark Cagliari gets all the way to the coast. Oh, for <laughs> sure. Playing, playing nickel poker with everyone he can find. Oh, you're talking to the wrong one of us. Hal's the one that could poker it. I would figure out how to do three-card Monty. That's right. He's playing three-card yeah. Monty in Mobile. The child yeah. wonder, they call him. Five <laughs> years old. My version of the Who's Tommy isn't Pinball Wizard. It's Find the Red Queen Wizard. That was me uh, as a kid. Now, the Who's Tommy is another one that's the moral is don't be special. It's not yeah. worth it. Yeah. yeah. I also, thinking about where the wild things are and things not going your way and having a tantrum and the lesson learned in that, one that I mentioned briefly that I think the lesson of it is hilarious is Alexander in the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day, of which the lesson is, hey, kids, some days just suck. So <laughs> get them tomorrow, pal. Like that as an idea for a book is really funny. And some of these, I guess, don't have to have a moral. Some of them are just fun. And that's yeah, I mean, one of those, I think. Is Winnie the Pooh is what is the story there? Like just explore your imagination. Like, you know, you just want to hang yeah. out. There's stories that were created for a child who already loved their stuffed animals. Like yeah. who, who among more, us didn't be more Dow, right? You read that. The Dow of Pooh. Yes. Poo. 
Yeah. Yes. Of course you like, well, You were a college freshman. Of course you read it. Of course. Yeah, of course. I did it. I was there. Yeah, it's just be more zen about it, would you? Mm-hmm. That's the lesson of poo. I want to ask you guys another question then. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about Shel Silverstein. Yeah. Specifically yeah. because, I mean, obviously you've got the giving tree is one of the all-timers. Teaches a great lesson. It's short. Yeah. It's for very young kids. Or it's for all ages, but it can be, you know, all ages going backwards to the very young. But what do you think about anthologies for purposes of this episode determining the best children's book? Because The Light in the Attic and Where the Sidewalk Ends, super witty, fun books of poetry. Mm -hmm. But do you think our best children's book is going to be one aside our second best children's book? The best children's book, obviously, is uh, a collection of scary stories. Um But uh, to, you know, so that you don't die from vampires. But the uh, second best children's book, is it going to be one single story? Or how do you think these, were you guys Shel Silverstein fans as kids? Yeah. Yeah. I love way both. More, I mean, way I love where the sidewalk ends than Light in the Attic. Uh, and if we're talking about that, we should also mention uh, Rhett Miller's book, of No More Poems, which is like a modern Shel Silverstein. I don't know Rhett Miller's. Oh, no nice. Poems. I didn't even know he did that. Oh, he did this great, it came out. Of, a couple years back, it's drawn by Dan Santat, who's a Caldecott motherfucker, and it is um, it's a great book of poems and and really like Shel Silverstein. And he has a new one out called The Baby Changing Station, that is also awesome. If you're looking for books for kids, if you're coming here to look for books for kids, Rhett Miller's the also drawn by Dan Santat, illustrated by Dan Santat. Mm-hmm. It's um, a brother goes to change his little brother's diaper in a, a restaurant, and they have a baby changing station. He's like, huh, you know what would be better than a little brother? guitar and on from there it's real it's just really good pretty fun <laughs> how were you a uh were you a silverstein kid huge i actually like uh with your abz's that's another great shell Silverstein book as is lafcadio the lion just the lion that learns to fire a rifle he learns how to shoot wow. back at the hunters mm-hmm. yeah I mean, but then he becomes he he gets discovered by a grandmaster of the circus, I believe, that he becomes a circus act because he would do all the trick shots, like he'd pull the trigger with his tail or look behind him, pull it with his with his toes. It's just a really fun, silly. But he's he's just an odd, silly like dude. But his those yeah. two, where the sidewalk ends and a light in the attic, are probably two books that I read. I would just cycle them back and forth for a really yeah. long time. They're still good. They're still clever. His illustrations are so bizarre and weird and fluid, but also like really grungy. Yeah. Just, they're great. They're just great books. There's something like really raw, but also very polished about them. And that, they're, that's they're that, that original Sesame Street vibe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is also yes. the thing we were talking about with your book, Ben, which is Shel Silverstein is on the level with the kids. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Shel Silverstein is writing. He's like, guys, okay, yeah, you can read, you know, books that are going to teach you an important lesson or books that are I'm for not, bedtime I'm stories. I'm not here That's to condescend to you. Yeah, I'm here yeah to talk exactly. To you. We're equals. We're coming yeah. at this as equals. We're yeah, coming yeah. at this on the same level. And, uh, hey, this one's kind of subversive and funny. Read this. Isn't that one good? Oh, you like that? Okay, check this one out. This one's really funny. Mm-hmm. Like, that is one great thing about Shel Silverstein. But he can also do The Giving Tree, which is the poignant version. Or the poignant, was, a poignant work of his. Did you see the internet amended the giving tree a couple it. years back? Uh, no. Where mm-hmm. they like, they, they, they gave, um, dignity to the tree. Like it was, it, it's, it, 
I wish I had more uh, facility with this thing, but it's mm-hmm. there were pages that you could put in your copy of The Giving Tree that told a story that was more righteous and more like less people pleasery. The, yeah, the tree itself was not yeah. sacrificing itself for this greedy. <laughs> right? It was but like, let me teach you how to. That's the point of it. Yeah, it's essential like, to it. Yeah, but like. I don't. I don't know that it cuts deep enough to a child, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, but this, but this version of the thing is like, well, what if? What if it wasn't the twist? What if it was like they learn how to like pick an apple off the tree and keep that tree around? You know? Yeah, but but I think it's also a story. What's brilliant about it is the story you revisit. You see it through a different lens as you age. Right. The so cat's yeah. in the cradle. Sad. It's not sad as a kid. Like it is a little bit. It definitely is. Like, oh, that's a shame about that tree, but also. <laughs> Man, that like, tree's so nice. You don't you don't think about it that much, and then as you get older, it gets sadder. Mm-hmm. So the lesson kind of sticks and changes, and and again, it can it has the potential to shape, at least in some small way, how you approach the world and how you approach people who are there for you or who give things to you. Or objects. yeah, the lesson the lesson is you got to scrape them off, Claire. That's right. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so do we think that there is a Shel Silverstein book among these that's going to come through to join Grover in the finals and the Velveteen Rabbit? I think you kind of have to put the giving tree up there. I, nah, I think, I think so. it's sidewalk. No, ends. you don't think so? I think it's where the I sidewalk think so. ends. I think it's where I the think, sidewalk ends. I think, I think it's, there's I, more for more people than where the sidewalk ends. I have to agree. I think it's either sidewalk ends or light in the attic. Light in the attic. I was trying to think of which collection of poems I like more. It might be where yeah. the sidewalk ends. That, that's the one with uh, Sarah, Cynthia, Sylvia Stout, isn't it? Who wouldn't take the garbage out? Sounds right. And the garbage piles mm-hmm. up in the home. Yeah. It stopped rhyming like right in the middle there. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, and, then she, and then the garbage is like everywhere. And then her mother was like, you should clean this up. And Sarah, Cynthia, Sylvia Stout said, no, I'm not t- going to take the garbage to the sidewalk. You got silver ended. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I want to also now want to. This is becoming a little episodic. I realize, uh, yeah. but I have another little game I want to play because I think there are three real classics mm-hmm. that are. I think they're not. They're not even one book. They're multiple stories. They teach multiple lessons. Mm-hmm. They are beloved by millions. Mm-hmm. So I think that if we are going to pull one of these out, uh, just this is all games of whittling. We're whittling mm-hmm. down. Sure. So I think we can pull one of these, and I'm wondering if the way that we pull the one that is the ultimate victor out of these is by the collection of characters that they create. All other things being equal, they're going to teach lessons, they're beautifully written, they're illustrated well, but they each have such vastly different collections of characters. And that is The Wizard of Oz, mm-hmm. Alice in Wonderland, and Winnie the Pooh. I Personally, I would take the characters in Winnie the Pooh over any of those other characters. Yeah. And I would say that the kind of book that you're talking about that is Alice in Wonderland and Wizard of Oz mm-hmm. is a different class than Winnie the Pooh a little yeah. bit in that, like, there's a, a single adventure happening in those two. Right. Would that you- I would put that I would put one of my picks up mm-hmm. in that category, which is Summerland by Michael Shabon. Oh, oh, I don't know Summerland. Is this, this your, is it, was this your closer? This was my, this was my third pick in on the oh, way to, to the thing, but it's, um, it's a story about, it's, it feels kind of an answer book to Harry Potter to me where it's like, but none of the words are made up. It's grounded and it's a story of some kids in the Pacific Northwest who get embroiled in this, um, between worlds conflict 
that hinges uh, and and the the creatures in the thing are like giants and bigfoots and fairies and that kind of like of the land kind of creatures mm-hmm. and it all comes down to a game of baseball like there's like this americana to it and the trickster god is the central villain of the thing and it it does that thing that i was talking about earlier of like hey if you're a kid reading this get ready to have a twice the vocabulary at the end it's just it's got it fires on all cylinders in terms of just like adventure story and active characters and wit like it's just really beautifully written in the way that he writes for adults he's also running for kids that's, that's very great. cool summerland recommend it yeah, it's great. I will check out Summerland. I I don't. And it feels know. like a contemporary Alice in Wonderland, or yeah. yeah, or Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. And yeah. I would also put Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe in that category as well. Sure. As like kids go on an adventure somewhere. Actually, yeah. The Hobbit is similar to that. I was going to say I would building book. I would swap out Winnie the Pooh with uh with Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe because there is that one human enters one human kid enters this crazy world. Winnie the Pooh doesn't have that. It's the hundred acre wood, and it's they just. That's their world. It's well, not Christopher Robin. I guess that's true. Yeah, is the one Robin kid that me. enters your yeah. your Narnia is a bunch of kids, right? Yeah. Yes, it's four. Yeah, of them. good point. But let's not the, let's not get bogged down in how many kids. That's not what it's about. Right. It's about a, an adventure. <laughs> but, it feels, but it feels like yeah, it feels in, like in a strange the land is not about Christopher Robin walking around going, "Wow, Winnie and Piglet well, are." Weird. And I need to get to the end of the Hundred Acre Woods in order to get back to the yeah. Right. A, a Wrinkle in Time probably fits into that as well. It's like let's yeah. go through space time to rescue our dad who's been gone for four years. Is there? I'm going to put Peter Pan, the, Peter Pan a little bit. I'm putting Winnie mm-hmm. the Pooh through. Yeah. Is there a version of that kid goes to a magical land and comes out the other side? Is there a best example of that? And even where the wild things are, is that? Do we have a best example of that? I'm putting Winnie the Pooh through. So our our Mount Rushmore is going to be extra large. I mean, uh, technically, you could Mm -hmm. also put Harry Potter, the first Harry Potter book, which is a children's book, into that category of the kid you think is regular. Like, it's the dream of you everybody dreamed of like uh, maybe i have superpowers maybe i know magic so right. taking that and then thrusting you through their eyes into this world is and is when i was a, when i was a kid i don't think they were the delineations of middle grade and and Mm-mm. adult books so mm-hmm. i feel like that there's this could have this this book could be for kids could not be for kids but ender's game mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is if you read it in proximity to harry potter startling yeah, it's really. about a, it's about a ki- about a kid in a problematic, like abusive little family unit that he's uh, stuck in, being watched by the powers that be. Going, I hope this kid will deliver us from the big evil that sometimes comes for us. Oh, he he proves out to be that kind of kid. So let's grab him and take him out of his bad family life and take him to a special school where he can learn to use his powers. He'll meet a boy and a girl who defend him against the bullies and mm-hmm. become friends as they learn this flying game that we do. Uh, as we divide the school into different houses and uh, pin all our hopes and dreams on this chosen one. And, uh, and then it takes a turn and, and is about other things. But it, right. the setup is like, it's real close. Mm. Yeah. Uh, um, and yeah. arguably for kids, kid protagonist. Yep. But yeah. like, you guys have read it, like stuff happens in there. Yeah. But the movie was PG, right? Yeah. Uh, Phantom Tollbooth is also Ooh, kid goes into a world kid where goes, yeah. a vehicle for puns though, right? That's all it is. Yeah, but the, I I, <laughs> I have to say as much as I enjoy the book, the film mm-hmm. with Butch Patrick that is burned into my skull. I watched that so many times. Really? Yes, I loved it. I it never has saw all the, the Chuck movie. Jones animation. 
because cool. he's he winds up in you know he goes to the Phantom Toll, but everything about it is like this weird, very much frozen in time, but trying to show like could be any time, but no, this is clearly like seventy one. I think it was seventy one, seventy two, seventy yeah, somewhere in there. Is Secret Garden in that? Kind of, although they keep coming back, they don't wind up just in the secret garden. They can go right. Back it's and forth. they don't. Yeah, they they can go back and forth and go into the secret garden whenever they want to. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't have the secret garden on here, but it's another classic. Mm-hmm. I do. We have a version of this that is rising to the top, though. I mean, I don't see one that I would put They're hard to come, against oh, of these ones. Ones. Yeah. Yeah. I, like from what we already have of what we already take have. One of these and Wizard of Oz, Alice in Wonderland, Narnia. Any of these do any of these? I, I mean, I would argue that it's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory in that idea as well. And James and the Giant Peach, those like a I haven't kid put any up rolled doll a, on here yet. Yeah, a crazy. Well, probably with good reason. There's a lot of problematic stuff. Well, sure. well I, Orson Scott Card and J.K. Rowling have already been. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. There's already a lot of, conversation. of this is littered with problematic, problematic people. Doctor Seuss even is at his. Like, you know, it's, again, yeah. like, you have to judge the art at the time it was made, but also recognize mm-hmm. and talk about the things but that also are not we're, right. But also, we're now, so you don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see any here that... that yeah, g- guys, read Summerland, and then... Read Summerland, Summerland. and come back to and it. And yeah. the rest. There is one more, that, or there's a couple more, I think, that I guess we should talk about. Okay. Good Night Moon. Good Night Moon is classic. Good so job is to put you to sleep. It's, it is pretty boring. I know. I love that, but it's the perfect the whole job book. of that. It's the perfect bedtime book. Yes, but we're looking for the perfect children's book whose primary function shouldn't be put you to sleep. It's also um, a great I, line I, for I, when you knock someone out. Good night, Moon, <laughs> and then you punch him in the face. I, did you guys ever? I don't think you saw. I did a Good Night Moon sketch in the radio show Wits. I don't where know if I ever get, saw it. Did you do it live at Largo? Mm-hmm. Or this was just no, on the no, radio? No, this would have been this in was, Minnesota. This was on the radio, yeah. yeah. It was Jim Gaffigan and John Moe. And John Moe's this dad who's reading Goodnight Moon to his kid. And his kid's falling asleep. And he, he says one – like the kid's asleep, but he's finishing the book. So he says Goodnight Moon. And the moon's like, what? You, did you say Did you say something? And um, he can't believe that he's in this conversation with the moon. And the moon is just trying to like figure out – if this guy's trying to buy drugs off him, because <laughs> like that's that's the kind of conversation the moon usually has is like, yeah, I'll sell you some weed. <laughs> like, do you like to party? Like, do you like to party? Like, you started a conversation with me, the moon. Yeah. Like, you're yeah. you're probably partying. Yeah, already. You're obviously a a, a late night person. Mm-hmm. Like, let's have some fun while your kids asleep. Uh, all right, there is one more. That's that not the one I was thinking. Out. No, keep it in. Keep it in. Keep it in. <laughs> there is one book that I think bears mentioning. I breezed past it when I read off that list, but that is "But No Elephants" by Jerry Smith. Not what I was thinking of. Just me. Okay, fine. Go ahead. And we've already mentioned this author once when mm-hmm. talking about Winnie the Pooh. But we're not talking about Winnie the Pooh right now. We're talking about Charlotte's Web. That's no, e. no, no, White. I'm wrong. That's E.B. White, not A.A. Milne. It was the two-letter thing. Who also wrote Stuart Little, which, which wrote via Little. TikTok I found out is not a mouse, but just a human who looks like a mouse that's smaller. Really? They don't. They never say specifically They never Stuart say Little mouse. is a mouse. All right, let me rewind that again. There is one more book that I want to talk about, and mm. that is Charlotte's Web. Mm. Let's talk a little about Charlotte's Web. I think that's got to be 
somewhere on this list. I mean, it teaches kids about Webs. so many different things. Webs, pigs, <laughs> loss. It is garbage. One of the Algonquin Roundtable wrote this book for Pete's sake. Uh, Charles Nelson Rand is great in this book. Yeah, so good. Yeah. Paul Lind. Paul that's Lind is Templeton. That's, that's what I meant. Take, uh, take that right. out. Take that um, Look, it's Charlotte's Web. And you know who wrote the song Zuckerman's Famous Pig? We're, uh, now we're just talking about the movie version, though. Was it Dr. John? No, it was uh, <laughs> Zuckerman's name. No, it was uh, the uh, Sherman Brothers. Oh, of course. That's a Sherman Brothers song. Mm. Anyway, uh, you know, you know tidbits. E.B. White also, Strunken White, wrote Elements of Style. Yes. I didn't. Oh, really? That was E.B. White? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No co-authored it. Yeah. Yeah. What else did Strunk do, you know? Right. <laughs> do we want to put Charlotte's Web on the final list? Or are we thinking about the movie and loving the movie more than we love the book? I never read the book. I've seen the movie. Yeah, I've I've yeah. done both. But that's I remember true of Alice in Wonderland, too. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I would put Winnie the Pooh up there before I would put yeah. Charlotte's Web up there. Did Winnie the Pooh go through or no? <laughs> Here's what I... Where's Winnie the Pooh? What's Was Winnie the Pooh in the bracket? What's going on here? I have been... I have just been kind of, as we've been talking, the ones that have really stood out, I've started to place them onto a list. Okay. And... I have now mm. six books that I think will be six of our finalists. And But No Elephants by Jerry Smith. Is that a book? Yes, that's a book. Neither of you have read But No Elephants? No, I've not read But like No Elephants. Like every night, this is the bedtime book. It's an old lady who lives like in a mountain area. And one by one, these animals come, like they want to come inside. They're suffering outside. So she brings them in and they each add something to the household. And there's an elephant. And every time she goes, no elephants. All right. The dog can come in, but no elephants. The alligator can come in, but no elephants. And then it gets to winter and the snow is falling. The elephant is covered in snow and suffering. She says, all right, fine. We'll bring the elephant in. The elephant comes in, fills the entire house. So everyone's uncomfortable, then puts his feet through the floor and walks the house to the beach. So they get to move to the beach together because she lets the elephant in. Because she included the elephant, her life was made better. It's very sweet. And when my best friend's first daughter was born, one of my best friends, I got that book for him because that is the book. Like, that is a must-have book to read to your child. And I was old enough. All my other best friends had kids when I was young enough to not be polite enough to send a gift or not to think that far ahead and go like, oh, you wanted this blanket, right? Like, that was a... (laughs) Like, oh, this this is a tradition that was important to me that I want to pass on to another generation. And so that is it is a great book. It's fantastic. Check it out. Al, Al Jaffe's Snappy Answers to Stupid Questions. So good. I have like three. I think I have one. Right. Like as a kid, those that was yeah. well, sure. Garfield yeah. Let's that, Loose is the best children's book, but uh we're the picking an celery, important one. the celery stocks at midnight. Oh celery God. I actually had Halliday in on my list because I think it's the best one of the because it's it's Benicula the and the Halliday Inn. Yeah, it's of the trilogy. There, there were what trilogy about Benicula? Benicula books, right? That's the first one. It's good, but the the Halliday Inn is better because they go. They have like there's a lot of subplots, like the two people who are bad at their jobs that are working at the kennel. It's just it's it's just madcap. They lose Louise, the black poodle. I'm gonna rein this in, boys. Fine, go ahead. Yeah. There were actually seven. Uh, we have seven. Mm-hmm. finalists on here tell me if there are any that i will that i have missed and then if the answer is no we will round robin eliminate them Black so Beauty. hal you be thinking about that and figure out the order while i read these off 
Black we Beauty have. is from the horse's point of view. Go ahead. Is it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. The whole, abused book, horse. The, read whole, the whole book is just, I'm a horse, 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 right foot, left foot, other right foot, other right foot. Other right. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> all right. Here is what I have on the list. I have the monster at the end of this book, the mm-hmm. snowy day, the velveteen mm-hmm. rabbit, where the sidewalk ends, Winnie the Pooh, Corduroy, and Where the Wild Things Are. Am I missing anything that really rose to the surface in that conversation? A bear called Paddington. We didn't even discuss. We didn't. But the... the look, there's a the stop motion. Look, hold on. Wait, I'm going to eliminate it. Calm down, calm down, calm down. Let me finish. I have the floor. I, hold on a second. I have the shelf. Reclaiming hold my time. I'm reclaiming, reclaiming my time. time. Reclaiming my time. English gentleman hold on. Hold on Philadelphia. A yes. Um, As a caveat to that... Mm-hmm. There are a, a thousand great children's books we have yeah. not discussed, including I'm, Paddington. That's so, the last one. I'm good. I was going to say, okay. I have a better memory of the stop motion animation shorts from 1977, mm-hmm. which are great that showed on Nickelodeon for a while. And of course, the two films, the sequel of which is a perfect movie. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's, I just wanted to mention it. It felt, felt weird not to have it mentioned. Tales of a fourth grade, nothing. Go ahead. You guys know Mac Barnett used to run 826LA. He's become yes. a children's book author, and his mm. books are great. There's a whole bunch of books that, because we haven't been children in so long, yeah, we don't know about. It's been a As while. A bunch of childless men don't yeah. know uh, the contemporary children's book stuff. So, uh, yeah, all caveats about the past 40 years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And including also past 40 years of your Paddingtons and your things we didn't remember or get to. Yeah. Because they don't, they don't get Google where I live. <laughs> so I heard they're installing it. Is there, month, are though. there any though that you would like to add to this list that you think are egregious overlooks? Now these are some classics. All close right. My list. Oh, Ken Plume has a, our producer, producer's privilege, the Lemony Snicket books. Just mentioned them that they exist. Yeah. They do exist. They're very good. And uh, yeah, Neil Patrick so Harris is great in them. Yeah. Yeah. The Adventures of Alfred E. Detweiler, or whatever that one is. The one where he's in like the haunted house. It's got like Edward Gorey like art on it. I don't even remember the name of it. Go ahead. The Berenstain oh, Bears. Files okay. Berenstain Bears. Richard Scarry's Ooh. book. What do people do all day? Also the clock in its walls. The Bel Airs. We yeah. have to stop eventually. So what's well, right. fudge? Hal, mm-hmm. uh, who's going first and in what order? Well, I have just one question for you. Are you there, Mark? It's me, Margaret. <laughs> what about Sorry, Little Women? So little mad. Women That's is a book one. that I think people are can be introduced to as a child. Oh, could you put the list somewhere where I Johnny can see Tremaine? it, Johnny Tremaine? Yeah. <laughs> and in the meantime, let's see. What? In the meantime, what? What's the book about? Al Jaffe says. It's about moronic questions like that one and clever answers like these. It's about seven inches tall, four inches wide, and 192 pages thick. <laughs> it's about these nuts. It's about these nuts. So once again, our finalists are The Monster at the End of This Book, The Snowy Day, The Velveteen Rabbit, Where the Sidewalk Ends, uh, The Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, Corduroy, and Where the Wild Things Are. We'll start with Hal, then I'll go, and then Ben, you uh, will loop around that way. All right, I'm going to eliminate the Velveteen Rabbit because it's hella depressing. Wow. It's too depressing. It's It yeah. worked in its time, and it's beloved for a reason. It still survives. But I think we've advanced in storytelling techniques beyond this toy is going to be destroyed. Yeah. Or maybe not. 
but I'm eliminating it. So chew on that. All right, Mark. I am going to, you know, it's funny. Uh, I'm going to eliminate corduroy because my thought that I had was I can eliminate corduroy because the velveteen rabbit is better. <laughs> mm-hmm. Apparently not. It's one worse. It is one worse. Well, exactly. No, you're tied. One We're tied. This is We're a, tied. Like, That's true. This is the same round. Yeah, it is the, it is the same round. <laughs> I'm going to eliminate Snowy Day. Because I've never read it and I never uh, will. That's my promise to you. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> On principle, it's now at this point. Yeah. Uh, if it's such a if it's such a classic, how come I haven't read it? Mm-hmm. We we now have the monster at the end of this book, where the sidewalk ends, the adventures of Winnie the Pooh, and where the wild things are. I'm gonna I eliminate know. oh I'm gonna eliminate Winnie the Pooh because That's I right. think Winnie the Pooh has survived in other media much stronger. Mm-hmm. And uh whatever that movie was that came out a couple of years ago with Ewan McGregor. Where well, Christopher where Robin, Christopher Robin, I was in tears for probably a good third of that movie just spread mm-hmm. around. And uh, so kudos to the characters existing. Kudos to their Disneyfication, which I still enjoy to this day. Sure. But the book, the book has become book has taken a backseat to everything else. And I think that's kind of a ground. It's score. a shame because the book is a different vibe than everything else. It is. And it's, it's a, a much it's a way more it's interesting it's, vibe. Yeah. It's a very sort of pencil drawing, simple words gentler kind of vibe. We didn't really even talk about Winnie the Pooh all that much, but yeah. Well, no point now. No point now. It's gone. Oh, bother. I just like to say, at this mm. point, the three remaining books are all awesome. They're all awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I am going to eliminate because the protagonist is kind of a pain in the neck. No, nope. I veto you. Where the choice. wild things are. No, no, you got nope. vetoed. No, you got, I veto. I, you, can't, you don't I veto. veto. You can't I veto. I can't veto. I'm the no, guest. Yes, yeah, oh, the best one. You, no. got, you know what? This is what the guest, you know what the guest gets? The guest gets last choice. I know. You know I was going to eliminate the monster at the end of this book, sadly, in favor of where the wild things are. Yeah, I don't think where the wild things are is the best children's book. It is because it's the most on the level of a child of all these. Wait, hold on. The last two that ben. are remaining are very on the level of a child. Mm-hmm. Ben, do you know what really happened here? What happened? Do you, can I, I'm going to pull back the curtain on this. Don't side eye me, Mark. That I, like I'm revealing a magician's trick. I'm not. I was sipping. I was sipping Mark, my diet coke. Mark knew what three were left, and he knew that if he didn't eliminate where the wild things are, that it would beat the monster at the end of this book. Mark, am yes, I correct? No, not at all. And Mark's a big honestly, structure guy who wants mm, the thing to start with the monster at the end of this book and end with it. That's not what I said. It's it the might, monster at the end of this book is the it, monster at the end of this podcast. You didn't. It might be where the it might be where the sidewalk ends. No, no, no. I know who the monster at the end of this podcast is. And it's the one who's changing the rules. At the very end. Uh, sorry, Where the Wild Things Are is out. It's going to be the monster at the end of this book or where the sidewalk ends. But Ben Acker, as our guest, mm-hmm. I leave it to you. Oh, then I decide that it is Where the Wild Things Are. It's back in. Nah, I can't put it back in. <laughs> oh, well, interesting. It's You're tough. on your own podcast. No, it's not tough. You it eliminated tough. the thing. No, <laughs> no uh, the, uh, the monster at the end of this book is clearly more stick to the ribs of your brain. Than uh, where the sidewalk ends. Then yeah. I think we have our answer. Where the <laughs> that smile. Are. I can't believe you won't cop to the fact. Just be honest and say you That's not saw what I was where doing. it was going and you made a chest. <laughs> I don't think you. I don't think you did. I'm not going to get bullied by you two right now. I'm defending you. I don't think you did yeah. it with a plan. I no, just I didn't do it with a plan. Feels like it felt like a chess move. I could be wrong. It was not a they, chess move. 
If it was a chessboard, it was throwing the board aside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you did a table flip like Teresa yeah. on the real. I did a chess move, but weird. we were playing checkers. Okay. Why would you? Why? Mm. <laughs> All right. People of the world. Spice up your lives. Spice up every boy and every girl. Spice up your lives. <laughs> There's a monster at the end of this podcast, and you don't don't uh, don't finish this podcast. Whatever you do, because there's a monster there. Oh, you kept going. You kept going. Doesn't work well in this format, does it at all? It works no, it really doesn't. well as a book, though. I'll tell you that yeah. it is the best well, children's book ever, outside well, of character. <laughs> outside of stories to keep you alive despite vampires, which is. The real greatest. Oh, if that had been in the running and you eliminated that, I would murder. <laughs> <laughs> but for uh, the purposes of this episode, we are picking the monster at the end of this no. book with the great, with the great Grover who needs only nine more blue monsters to make a minion. <laughs> and, uh, and who is a lovable child who we're teaching not to be afraid. And maybe we learn not to be afraid as well. It's got humor. It's got. Everything that you could possibly want from a Sesame Street adapted book. And it's generations of children have grown up trying to nudge Grover lovingly towards the monster at the end of the book, which is, spoiler alert, him. You should still read it. That's how good of a book it is. Asked and answered. Ben Acker. Thanks for coming yeah. on the show, buddy. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And your book is now available. That's right. And you it can really purchase is it. It's no longer pre-order. Now you can have it in your hot little hands. That's right. If you get it the first week, it uh, it will help me out. Yes, uh, a lot. get get it now. You are yeah. listening to this. It has been um, out you can for still, or hours. Probably, you can still probably use the same link, which is bit.ly slash despite vampires. Yes, and we will put that out there. It will be in the description of this episode. Mm-hmm. We, go to your we will, local bookstore. Yes, go get the book and 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 enjoy it the way we have and whether you're a thrilling adventure if you're a thrilling adventure fan you have to have it yeah, you're not a thrilling no, yeah you absolutely yeah. have to have this book if, if you're not a thrilling fan you, you get still it for your kid get it for your nephew your niece your local library hey were those for... ors or ands yeah <laughs> so look at the book and also follow ben at ben acker b-n-a-c-k-e-r yeah Dude, uh, dude, uh, thank you for joining yeah, us. Thanks for coming back. <laughs> Always a pleasure. Uh, the fit of giggles that I got in the Quentin Tarantino episode is one of the best times you can oh, hear dude. on a podcast. It's <laughs> uh, delirious in a hotel room. Oh, good times. So fun. So well, good. this topic is closed, but there are many more topics to discuss. So please reach out to us on Twitter at we got this tweets or email us. We got this podcast at gmail.com or go to facebook.com slash group slash we got this podcast. Discuss your favorite children's books. Discuss or, the books you're reading to your children or the ones that were read to you or the one you read as a kid or the kids' books you're reading now. Or talk about the greatest children's book that we had to take out of the running and share your favorite story from Stories to Keep You Alive Despite Vampires. How about and that? if every one of the people of the world reads this, we may have to do a best story to keep you alive despite vampires as yeah. a full episode. That would be cool. Right. Everybody read the book. Ben, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Yes. And also thank yes. you to producer. Oh, what, what, what? Huh? I thought we were saying yes. Oh, yes. 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 Uh, thank you also to producer Ken Plume. You can check out all the amazing things he's doing at patreon.com slash Ken Plume. Researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Uri Kilman, and QA engineer Jen Alba. And thanks, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman for our score and theme song, respectively. And thanks to you, the people of the world.
for giving us an opportunity to sit down with our dear friend, talk about not only his book, but some of the great books from our childhoods. And I hope that this got all of you thinking about the books that changed you as a kid. Have you thanked them? Maybe reach out and thank those books. Thank yeah. Books. You know what? Oh, it's never too late to call a book. <laughs> to all the book of you. made a difference in your life. Let it know. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Call a book today. For Hal Loveland, I'm Mark Gagliardi. Save a cowboy. And for Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Loveland. And don't worry, everybody. I'm we not got her. We got this. <laughs> Lunacy. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.